Well, good morning, Lighthouse Baptist Church. Please bow your head with me in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for Lighthouse Baptist Church. Uh, what we're most thankful for about our church uh, is the people inside of our church. And uh, we miss each other a lot, God. Uh, but we thank you so much uh, for the presence of each other uh, in our lives. And uh, we thank you, God, that you've given us ways that we can still communicate with each other and be with each other, even if it's not physically. Uh, God, thank you so much for your scripture that you've given us. Your word is a lamp for our feet. It's a light for our path. God, I pray that uh, you would speak through me this morning. I pray, God, um, that whatever it is you have to say to Lighthouse Baptist Church, that you would say it to us through your scripture. Uh, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit uh, would help all of us to have understanding of, of who you are and what you're saying to us today. We love you so much, God. We thank you for hearing our prayer. And we thank you for loving us. And we love you too. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, our passage today is Psalm 46. So if you have your Bible with you, go ahead and turn over to Psalm 46. Now, it says that it's for the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. So we're not given uh, one specific writer, uh, but we're told that the sons of Korah wrote it. Uh, so since we're not given a specific person that wrote it, we're just going to call uh, this person the psalmist. So starting in verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, this is our last week uh, before we meet in person. And as we've been doing these online services, uh, we've been in the Psalms. And we've been talking about the coronavirus pandemic that we've been facing and going through. And for a lot of us, 
what we're noticing is that we're facing a lot more anxiety as we go through this pandemic. Now, a lot of us might say, even before that pandemic, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. But now this has just made it worse for me. But I believe that Psalm 46 is supposed to be comforting for us and also challenging for us for this reason, to address our anxieties and our fears. Uh, And where we see that highlighted the most, I think, in Psalm 46 is in verse 10, that famous verse, be still and know that I am God. And of course, that's what God says to us all the time. But especially right now as our anxiety is being heightened, I believe that as we look at that verse, we'll have a better sense of how God wants us to be able to deal with our anxieties and our fears. So what we're going to do today is we're going to break down that verse. Be still and know that I am God. Those are our three points for the day. Be still and know that I am God. So let's start with be still. And let's look at verses 1 through 3 again. Because I believe that verses 1 through 3 will help us to better understand what God is saying when he says to be still. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. So the psalmist says, we will not fear. Even if the mountains quake and fall into the heart of the sea. Okay? That sounds weird. I didn't really have any anxiety about the mountains falling into the heart of the sea. What is this psalmist talking about when he talks about the mountains falling into the heart of the sea? Well, in order to understand what he's talking about, we have to have a better understanding of what the mountains represent and what the sea represents. Now, remember last week, we talked about the mountains. And we said that the mountains represented security. But also, we have to understand that the sea represented chaos. So if he says the mountains fall into the sea, he's talking about our sense of security falling into chaos. Even if our sense of security falls into chaos, we will not fear. Tremper Longman III wrote a very good commentary uh, that I've been using on the Psalms. And he puts it this way. He says, To envision the mountains being overwhelmed by the waters is a metaphor that points to the ultimate nightmare. Or as we might say today, all hell is breaking loose. When we read these verses, we might say, huh, what are you talking about? Basically, he's saying, we won't fear even if all hell breaks loose. Why? Well, it says in verse 1, because God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Now, turn with me in your Bible to Acts chapter 7, verse 54 through 60. So Acts chapter 7, verse 54 through 60. Now, as you'll remember from when we studied the book of Acts, uh, Stephen 
was the first Christian martyr. And the book of Acts records uh, when he was killed for his belief in Jesus. He was dragged before the Sanhedrin. He was dragged before people uh, to give an account of all that he was doing. And essentially what he did was he, he preached a sermon. And of course, as we're going to see, they didn't like what he had to say. So starting in verse 54 of chapter 7, it says, When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, or heard his sermon, heard what he had to say, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, I want you to imagine, what if I told you uh, today, not only are you going to have to speak in public about your faith, but you are going to be dragged out to where all the city can see you and everybody is going to throw stones at you. And they're not going to finish throwing stones at you until you die. How still do you think you would be? How relaxed do you think you would be if I said that to you? You would probably be shaking. You'd probably be full of fear. Even if you weren't shaking on the outside, even if you were still on the outside, you probably wouldn't be still on the inside, right? Because that's incredibly scary. I'm going to be stoned and yet, Stephen was not just still on the outside. It says earlier in Acts that he had the face like the face of an angel. He was very serene. He wasn't just still on the outside. He was still on the inside. And why is that? Because he knew what the psalmist knew, that God is with us. He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. He doesn't say, God, where'd you go? No, he's talking to God. He gives his spirit to the Lord. And he asks for forgiveness for those who are throwing these stones at him. He even sees the Lord. He says, I see Jesus at the right hand of God. He knows what the psalmist knows. And because he knows what the psalmist knows, He's able to do what the psalmist is able to do. He's able to be still. Now, notice that the psalmist never denies that all hell could break loose on us. He never says, oh, we don't ever have to worry about the mountains quaking and falling into the heart of the sea. No, he says, even if they do, we won't be afraid. Why? Because God will be with us. When you know that God will be with you, even in your nightmares, 
Even when all hell seemingly breaks loose, even then, you're able to be still. It's the only way you can possibly be still. A lot of us are still on the outside, but we're not still on the inside. The only way to be still on the inside is to know that God is with you. He's with you. So be still and what? Know. Be still and know. So in verses 4 through 7, the psalmist says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, when we first read this, this seems very confusing to us. What is he talking about? A city of God, a holy place where the Most High dwells. What he's talking about is he's talking about the temple. Now, the temple was in Jerusalem, and the temple, until Jesus came here, had the reputation, the identity of being God's presence among his people. And so the psalmist is saying that God is here with us. He's already talked about the raging waters of chaos, but now he says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. In other words, there's chaos out there, but there's also peace in here and refreshment. Why? Because God is with us. But notice that he doesn't just say, God might be within her. Uh, she may not fall. Uh, God might help her at the break of day. The Lord Almighty, uh, he might be with us. The God of Jacob, he could be our fortress. No, he doesn't talk like that. He doesn't just give his thoughts or opinions. He says what he knows. He says God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He's not just reminding himself of what he thinks or what he hopes. He's reminding himself of what he knows. And by doing that, he's able to experience peace. And we say, I want to experience the peace that he has. And yet we're not experiencing the peace that he has. And why is that? Well, it's because we're doing the very opposite of what the psalmist does. We struggle to experience that peace because rather than trying to fill our minds with what we can know about God, we're trying to empty our minds of what we don't want to think about. Whenever you're going through something extremely stressful, whenever you've experienced something traumatic, what do you do? You try to forget about it, to numb it, to lose it. But the peace we experience doesn't come from that, from emptying. The peace we experience comes from filling ourselves with what we can know about God. Tim Keller, in his book, Encounters with Jesus, he puts it this way. He says, I had a friend some years ago 
who was a medical student. He told me that in medical school, he had learned how fragile the human body was, how many things could go wrong so easily, and how many millions of viruses and microbes were out there, ready to attack at any time. He said that it unnerved him. I asked him how he was dealing with his fear, and he said that he had forced himself not to think about it. And then Tim Keller says this. He says, by and large, that's how the world's peace works. Life is nasty, brutish, and short, and then you die. Just don't think about it. But Christ's peace works in the opposite way. Not through less thinking, but through more. Not by ignoring reality, but by paying attention to it. The Holy Spirit tells you the Father loves you. Your eternal bliss is guaranteed. In other words, Christ gives us true things to think about that overcome the darkness of this life. While the world can only say, just hum loudly and look away. What is Tim Keller saying here? What is the psalmist saying here? Listen, you can have peace by saying the Lord Almighty is with us. You don't have to have peace or you can't have peace by saying all, all hell is breaking loose on me, but I'm just not going to think about it. Now you can only have peace by saying the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's what the psalmist knows and that's what the psalmist reminds himself. He says it in verse seven, but look, he also says it in verse 11. He says the exact same thing. Why? Because he's not emptying himself. He's filling himself. Think about our doctors and our nurses. They're having to see some traumatic and horrifying stuff. And a lot of them think that the way they're going to experience peace is by forgetting about those things. And in life, we can't forget the traumatic things we experience and see. And that's not how we can have peace by emptying ourselves. No, we can only have peace by what we know and by filling ourselves up with what we know, knowing that God is with us. Yes, there are disasters. There are earthquakes. Mountains do fall into the heart of the sea, but God is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And that is not something that you can just think about that's something that you can know. If this psalm is just beautiful poetry to you, well, it's not going to do you any good. Unless you believe what it's saying. Unless you know deep down inside of you what it's saying. You won't benefit from it. You won't experience the peace that it was meant to give you. Only when you know that God is with you. Only when you believe that, that he's helping you. Only then can you be still. So he says, be still and know that what? That I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Look at verses 8 through 9. He says, come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, he breaks the bow 
and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Now, the psalmist in these two verses, he's inviting us to come and see. Come and see what? Come and see what God has done. And what has God done? God has done the impossible. Not only has he made full places desolate, but he's also made desolate places of war full and peaceful. He does, in other words, what we can't do. We can't make trouble cease, but God can. He makes wars cease to the end, ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Those are things that as much as we want to do those things, as much as we want to stop trouble and problems, ultimately, we cannot do those things. But the psalmist says, those things are impossible for you. You can't break the bow. You can't shatter the spear. You can't burn the shields with fire. But God can. In other words, God can do the impossible. And you're not God. The Lord is. And yet, here's the problem. Why does God need to tell us, be still and know that I am God? Because we often think that we are God. We can do the impossible. The world spins on its axis because we keep it spinning on its axis. Now, have you ever talked to somebody who is so full of worry? Have you ever confronted them about how much they worry? If you do that, whenever you confront somebody and talk to them about how much they worry and why they worry so much, they're probably going to push back against you. And you probably have experienced this before. Whenever you tell somebody or talk to somebody about how much they worry, they typically say, if I don't worry, then how will things get done? Now, I'm not trying to pick on anybody because I've said that before, not out loud, but to myself. We all from time to time say, if I don't worry, how will things get done? But what we're really saying when we say that and we don't mean to say this, but it's dangerous when we say that because when we say that, what we're really saying is, if I'm not God right now, then who will be? If I'm not in control, who will be in control? Now, although it's hard to believe, if you were to die tonight, do you know the world would keep spinning? If you were to die, yes, there would be a funeral for you. We'd be sad that you were gone. But the world would keep going, just like it always has. The people that you say, they need me. They need me to take care of them. Well, they would keep going. They would be okay. All the things you say, I need to do them or else the world's going to end. No. The world's not going to end. It's going to keep going and keep spinning. We think that the world revolves around us. We think that God needs us. And God doesn't need us. He wants us. God wants to work through us. God wants us to be a part of his team. But we sometimes get it twisted the other way around and say, God needs me. God needs me to fill in 
for him. God needs me to be God. And the shocking news is that no, he doesn't need us to be God. He wants us to know that he is God. The good news is that God is much better at being God than you ever could be. But why are we in so much despair and anxiety right now? Because right now we're seeing how little control we actually have. And it's frustrating because as much as we do have responsibilities, that doesn't mean that we're in control. I can have the responsibility to put a mask on, but that doesn't mean I'm in control of if my family members or friends get sick and pass away, right? We're not in control and we're seeing how little control we actually have. And it's frustrating us and it's causing us to experience more and more anxiety and despair. And God's answer to us is be still and know that I am God. You are not God. You aren't meant to be God. God is saying, let me be God. Let me be your God. Stop trying to be God. Stop trying to be in control of everything. Let me be God so that you can stop trusting in yourself, but in me. Be still and know that he is God. Now, Psalm 46, what is it saying? It's not saying, look what you've done. It's not saying, look what I've done. It's saying, look what God has done. Let's look at verses 10 through 11 again. God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, God says to us, I'm the one who will be exalted among the nations. I'm the one who will be exalted in the earth. Not you, but me. Now, exalted, that's kind of a funny word that we don't typically use, but it, it basically can mean to be honored. It, in some of your Bible translations, it might actually say that. Rather than saying exalted, it might actually just say honored. But if you look at the Hebrew, if you look at what the word exalted means, it means lifted up. God says, I will be lifted up among the nations. I will be lifted up in the earth. To be exalted is to be lifted up. Now, God actually was literally lifted up. God the Son was lifted up. Jesus was lifted up on the cross. Why? So that verse 11 could be true for you. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He was lifted up on the cross so that he could truly be your fortress. And what does a fortress do? I mean, it sounds nice to say that the Lord is our fortress, but what is actually a fortress? A fortress is something that you go into 
that not just protects you, but takes the blows that were meant for you. Everything that is meant to be shot at you, thrown at you, doesn't actually hit you. Why? Because it hits your fortress. Your fortress takes on everything that you deserve, that was meant for you. Now, we've talked about how this psalm talks about all hell breaking loose. And of course, when we talk about all hell breaking loose, we don't mean that literally. We're not saying that literally all hell is breaking loose on us. We're just saying it feels like everything is going absolutely wrong. But for Jesus, all hell didn't just break loose on him metaphorically or figuratively. For Jesus, all hell broke loose on him literally. Jesus, on the cross, he experienced hell on earth. Did you know that? That Jesus experienced hell for you? Went to hell for you? You might be saying, no, that's not right. Jesus never experienced hell for me. But he did. Jesus did experience hell for you. Now, the question is, what is hell? When I say hell, what do I mean by that? Essentially, hell can always be defined as the absence of God. Us being totally separated from God. Now, nobody truly experiences that on earth. Even those of us who say, I don't want to have anything to do with God. I want to be totally separate from God. Even here, we still experience God inviting us towards Him. But Jesus experience a total separation, a total absence from God. He experienced hell. God the Son was absent from God the Father from the first time ever. And that was Jesus' true agony when he was on the cross. Don't you remember what Jesus said? He said, Eli, Eli, Lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What does that mean? It means that Jesus was totally separate from the Father. Jesus was experiencing hell for you. He was becoming your sin. He was experiencing the hell, the separation from God that, that we deserve for our sin and rebellion against God. Why? All hell broke loose on Jesus on the cross so that all of the peace of Christ can break loose on you. Because Jesus experienced the total absence of God. Do you know what that means for you? You never will experience that. Jesus Becoming our sin and dying on the cross, it doesn't just mean that we're sinless. It means that we have Jesus' right standing with God. It means that God declares us righteous. And when he looks at us, he sees Jesus. When he looks at us, he says, you'll never have to truly experience hell. Why? Because I experienced it for you. I went through it for you. And what does that mean? 
It means that I am an ever-present help that will always be with you. You may go through times that feel like hell, but you'll never actually go through hell. You'll never go through actually what's worse because I went what's I went through what's worse for you. I went through hell for you so that you'll never have to go through hell. And yes, right now is a hard time to experience it, but we can face it. We can face whatever is being thrown at us because we know that God is with us and he'll always be with us. We don't have to fear even though the earth gives way, even though the mountain fall into the heart of the sea. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. When we look to Jesus, when we look at Jesus, even when we're going through nightmares, we can say the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Because, he, because I know he went through my ultimate nightmare I can go through any nightmare. I can face any nightmare with him because he'll be with me in it. And he proved it by going to the cross for me and laying down his life for me. And that is how to be still. That's the only way to be still. Only when you know that he is God and you see that he truly is with you, what he's gone through, for you, only then will you ever be able to be truly still. Be still and know that I am God. I was exalted for you. I was lifted up on the cross for you. I went through hell for you. Do you think I'm going to let coronavirus, your problems, being furloughed, being fired, losing family members, do you think I'm going to let that be the end of you? No. No, I love you so much and I will be your fortress for you. You can always run to me. You can be still only when you know that I am God. Let's pray. Dear God, we are not worthy to call you our God. And yet, God, you call us your people through Jesus. And that means that you are our God. Dear Lord, please help us in our anxieties and fears to be still, not just on the outside, but on the inside. God, we're only ever going to be still on the inside when we know what you've done for us. In Jesus. Thank you, God, so much for what you went through on the cross for us. Thank you so much that we don't have to be afraid, but we can go to you. We can know that you are our strength and our refuge and our ever-present help in time of trouble. We love you, God. We thank you so much for being our fortress. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.